Welcome home. You're listening to the 180 Church Podcast with Dr. Sammy and friends. Dr. Sammy and friends are resting this week and will return next week. However, we have a leader from our local church community giving today's message. Hi, today's scripture reading is from the book of Genesis, chapter 50, verses 15 to 21. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, What if Joseph holds a grudge against us and pays us back for all the wrongs we did to him? So they sent a word to Joseph saying, Your father left these instructions before he died. This is what you are to say to Joseph. I ask you to forgive your brothers the sins and the wrongs they committed in treating you so badly. Now please forgive the sins of the servants of the God of your father. When their message came to him, Joseph wept. His brothers then came and threw themselves before him. We are your slaves, they said. But Joseph said to them, don't be afraid. Am I the place of God? You intend to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. So then don't be afraid. I will provide for you and your children. And he reassured them and spoke kindly to them. And that is the word of the Lord. Bye. Isn't it a beautiful thing that God didn't just, if I'm using the words correctly, empathize with us in heaven? Oh, yeah, wow, that's something. That's really bad. I'm going to do something about it. Shoosh, everybody's forgiven or, hey, you're restored. No, he sent his son in flesh and blood to live among humanity, to feel and absorb the pain and the suffering that humanity experiences. So that makes him, right, um, one who understands what we're going through. I remember uh, a number of years ago, and I shared with you the last time we spoke about uh, my life and um, particularly up through, you know, my late teens, um, being fatherless. I mean, my father was living, but I didn't grow up under my father's care or direction. Uh, we connected later in life and we've got a great relationship now. But I remember being, it was in my doctoral class, the, the first cohort, or um, it was a cohort, but the first uh, residential, it was about 10 days. And during the course of it, we had a module on grieving our losses. And I remember that uh, I volunteered in a group of, it was uh, me, two other um, students, and my professor and his wife. And um, I said, I'll go first. So we started to talk about my childhood. And he caused me, my professor and his wife caused me to reflect, not just remember, but to reflect on an element of my childhood and the impact of fatherlessness. And I remember, man, it was like he struck a nerve. And, and this is my first time meeting these, all these folks. And I spent minutes upon minutes. It wasn't a minute or two. It wasn't an hour. It felt long in a pool of tears. I remember, I obviously remember my father wasn't there, but to feel the weight of the loss and what have, what could have been and 
the missed opportunities and what life could have been like, whatever I was thinking and feeling, it all, I, I felt it. I allowed my soul to feel it. I didn't want to, but the moment caught me and God had me in that moment and I felt it and I know my soul expanded. It became larger because of it. Remember, reflect. It is said that perhaps out of our deepest wound will come our greatest gift to the community. Some of the most significant work done in the world, organizations, ministries, people on mission are people who have been deeply wounded and broken in some way and they have They've allowed themselves to feel the full measure of it, but they didn't stay there. They move on to reconciling. And here's the next thing, to reconcile. Now I'm gonna move to the end of, of Joseph's story here in Genesis. And now he's been reunited with his brothers. They know who he is. He knows who they are. The father has come. Their families all together. All the, the whole clan is now with Joseph. He's taking care of them. Things are, seem to be going well. And then their father, Jacob, dies. In chapter 50, verse 15, it reads, when Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, what if Joseph holds a grudge against us and pays us back for all the wrongs we did to him? Do you remember they conspired to murder him, ended up throwing him in a pit, was going to leave him there to die? Eventually they sold him as a slave. So they went, they sent word to Joseph saying, your father left these instructions before he died. This is what you are to say to Joseph. I ask you to forgive your brothers. Forgive the sins and the wrongs they committed in treating you so badly. And then the brothers say, now please forgive the sins of your servants, of the God of your father. When their message came to him, Joseph wept. Joseph wept here first. Don't hold a grudge. It is said of unforgiveness, which by the way, I've, I've done some writing and I've typed in the word unforgiveness, at least in word, it shows as it's not a word, it's a misspelling, unforgiveness. It should not be a part of our makeup. It should not be a part of our stories, unforgiveness. Don't hold a grudge. We have to forgive. But instead of unforgiveness, it's like withholding forgiveness from someone is like taking poison and waiting for the other person to die. It affects us oftentimes more in a more deadly way than it does the other person. Don't hold a grudge. Joseph had let this go. And we're going to see in a moment, Joseph had, Joseph had let this go. He had, he had dealt with this pain, this betrayal. He had dealt with it. Did it hurt? Yes, it still hurt, but, it, but he had dealt with it. We have to forgive. We've got to reconcile. Colossians, therefore, as God's chosen people, 
as followers of Jesus Christ, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive them. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. As a follower of Jesus Christ, I have come to the place in my life where I understand that, that I was a sinner and that I had a, a debt that I could not pay in my sin before God. And God demonstrated his love for me. And while I was yet a sinner, Christ Jesus died for me. He took the penalty of all of my sin, past, present, and future, and took it upon himself. He did the same for every man, woman, and child in the world. And I accepted that as payment. I accepted the forgiveness that he offers and became a child of God. If I had a, a debt that I could not pay against a perfect God, it's not that a sin, a debt that someone has against me is trivial or that they could even pay it, but out of humility and compassion and grace and mercy that I receive from God, I extend that to others. And over all these virtues, put on love, love which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, Put away the unforgiveness, put away the bitterness, and let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. Since as, as members of one body, you were called to peace. And let's be thankful. Be thankful that God has brought us through, that God has seen fit to save us, to deliver us, to give us words of wisdom. And here in 16, let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, through psalms, hymns, and songs with, from the Spirit, singing to God with what? Gratitude in your hearts. Remember, God, what you have done for me. And that's what Joseph could say. Lord, what you have done for me, we're going to see more about this in a moment, but reconcile, remember, reflect, feel deeply, reconcile, let it go. Let it go because we need, we need, we need all of our story to come together for redemption, to redeem, re remember, reflect, reconcile. Now let's redeem. Recognize and embrace God's goodness and purposes. Look, this is um, Joseph speaking. So after the message came to him and he wept in verse 18 of chapter 50 of Genesis, his brothers then came and threw themselves down before him. We are your slaves, they said. And that's probably the position they should have taken because they had done him so wrong. And then they needed him and he treated them well. That Maybe that's all they deserve. But, but Joseph said to them, don't be afraid. I want to pause there for a moment. See, because Jacob, their father, had kind of swindled his brother Esau. And that was the curse that Jacob passed on, that deception, and he was afraid of his own brother. See, he's passing that down now to his sons. His sons are afraid of their own brother. Why? Because of their deception. Joseph 
is about to break that curse, that generational curse. He says, don't be afraid. I, am I in the place of God? Listen, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. Listen, so then, don't be afraid, second time. I will provide for you and your children. And he assured them and spoke kindly to them. Listen, recognize and embrace God's goodnesses and purposes. And that's what Joseph could see. You know what? You had something going on in your mind that you wanted to accomplish and it was to harm me. But don't you see? I see all of that because Joseph remembers the entire, the entirety of his story. He reflected on the entirety of his story. He reconciled that and now can see the redemption in it, that God was up to something. Even though you were up to no good, God was up to good. And what you did to harm me, God has used now to actually save you and a whole nation of people. And in the midst of it, he's breaking the curse. What a beautiful moment. Listen to this. And he reassured them and spoke kindly to them. This to me is one of the most beautiful moments in all of scripture. I know there are several, but here's, let me tell you why. He spoke kindly to them. In Genesis chapter 37, verse four, it says that, that his brothers hated him so much, hated Joseph so much, they couldn't even say a kind word. You ever been so mad, so spiteful or hateful towards somebody, you can't even say hello. It was that kind of emotion that Joseph could have had towards his brothers, but that's what his brothers had towards him. But when it was all said and done, he didn't return that evil for evil. It said he spoke kindly to them. Listen, let me leave you with this. God is at work in you and in your story. He's at work in you and in your story. Romans 8, 28 and 29. And we know there's something we can know, experientially know if we will allow these things to unfold, if we will remember and reflect if we will reconcile and redeem, we can know experientially that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. What God is doing in you and me is not just bringing us into salvation, into a relationship with him. What he is also doing is shaping and conforming us into the likeness of his son, Jesus Christ. People of peace and love and grace and mercy. It said of Jesus, he was full of grace and truth. And, and one day that will be done in perfection, but it's a process right now. 
But in the process of that, we also receive the comfort that God offers, the comfort from brokenness and a story with parts that we'd rather edit out, delete out. But God says, no, receive that. It's part of your story. And then we become a gift to others. We can let others know, show others that there is hope, that there is hope beyond the wounding, hope beyond the pain, that we become a gift to others. So what is your story? In all of its entirety, remember, reflect, reconcile, redeem. Amen. Father, thank you for Jesus Christ who gives us hope um, to live today and and into the future, but to heal and reconcile with the past. Um, Thank you for being at work in our lives, shaping our stories, so that we'll bring you glory, so that we'll help build up others, Lord, in in the body of Christ, and also be a witness to a lost and dying world. They are also broken and bruised and lost and directionless, but we can help. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Welcome back, guys. Uh, What an amazing and incredible ending uh, to our Q5 series questions surrounding our lives that in a sense will never masterfully What is my story? Well, God is continuing to journey with us. But particularly in this moment, as Dr. Calvin Brown finished up this particular sermon, just Joseph's response to his brothers, the fact that he spoke kindly to them, the spirit of reconciliation, the spirit's work, God the Father's heart is foreshadowed here, that even though we're sinners, that the good news of the gospel is that God reaches into the valley and pulls us up through sheer kindness and grace, scandalous grace. And so wherever you might be in your story today, in the trauma, the somatic trauma of what others have done to you or what the environment has, you're in process, and that's raw. And, and one of the things I want to encourage is for you to be honest with your story to yourself and then to others and allow the healing to begin. As we sing this song today, will you just take a moment to center yourself again and lift your hands to the Lord with me and allow our worship team, as they begin to sing this, minister to you, and for you to fully embrace the story that God is writing in your life and redeeming and healing in your life. Let's lift our hands and sing. You are forever in my life. You'll see me through the seasons. Cover me your hands and lead me in your right 
now pray, bow your heads for the benediction. Be still and know I am God. Be still and know I am. Be still and know. Be still.
be. God bless you. Until next time, can't wait to see you next week. Bye-bye now. Good afternoon, everybody. My name is Stu Still. I'm a member here at 180 Church, and we want to thank you all for joining us for today's Sunday service. Before we finish up today, we have some community news that we just want to share with everyone, starting with tithes and offering. For all of our members, we just want to remind and encourage you to continue to keep God at the center of your finances by tithing faithfully. You can make your offering through Venmo at Church 180. You can make an offering through Chase Quick Pay at offering at 180church.tv. Or if you'd like to make your offering through PayPal, you can follow the link on our website at 180church.tv. Our next announcement is about our prayer text hotline, which you can find at 5397prayer or at prayer at 180church.tv. And this is a great resource for those moments when we feel like we need some support and some prayer, not only for ourselves, but for our family members, our co-workers, and all of our loved ones. Our prayer team is there, ready, willing, and able to lift up your prayers. So just send them along. Again, it's 5397prayer or prayer at 180church.tv. And when you feel like God has moved in those areas, make sure you send them a praise request as well so that we can all celebrate what God is doing in your life. Our next announcement is about small group, which is smaller pockets of our community where we come together to discuss the Sunday sermon, to really see and encourage each other where God is leading us, and to really just do life together with one another. Because even though we're still social distancing, community is still a vital part of our lives. And this is a great place where you can find that. All of our groups are meeting virtually right now, so no matter what group and what stage of life you're in, or where you are located, we have a group that would be perfect for you. If you're interested in joining a group, you can email Pastor Billy at billykim.180 at gmail.com. On the topic of community, we also have a number of different social media handles and channels where you can follow us, like us, and love us during the week. We have a Tumblr page at 180BRG where we post a chapter of the Bible a day so you can read through the Bible with us. We also have a Facebook page at 180 Church. Dr. Sammy, our head pastor here at 180 Church, has a Twitter handle at Dr. Sammy Kim. We also have a YouTube channel at 180 Church NYC, where I'm sure most of you guys are watching us right now. And we also have two different Instagram pages at 180 Church and also at 180BRG, where there are really encouraging posts and verses that get shared there. So I hope you guys will follow us there and be encouraged. We also have the 180 Church podcast with Dr. Sammy and friends. Hosted by Pastor Lydia and Joe Liu, it features an in-depth conversation on Sunday Sermon, where they share their insights on the message and where the message is helping us in our journey with Christ. Next, we have the virtual 180 Cafe on Discord, which is a great way for all of us here to keep in touch with one another. There you can share what's going on in your life and join a conversation about gardening and gaming, about sports and entertainment, basically anything that you can think of. It's a great way for all of us to stay in touch with one another, both on your computer and on your mobile device. And lastly, if you've been blessed by our Sunday worship led by Pastor Lydia, you can visit the 180 Church Studios on Spotify, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Here you'll find a playlist of all the worship songs we've featured every Sunday, and it's perfect for when you want to immerse yourself in worship during the week. That's all of our community news. Once again, we want to thank everyone for joining us this Sunday, and we hope to see you again soon. Bye.